Hello, maybe? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cast. Welcome to the podcast. This is Candace. And I am Tyler. And yeah, let's go ahead and get into it for this week. So let's go ahead and start with our anime news. Anime news. Anime what news. you got? Uh, so recently they announced, uh, G-Kids announced that the Spirited Away stage play is going to get a, a theatrical release here in North America. Cool, cool. Yeah, so it's for anybody who's interested in Japanese stage plays, this is your chance to watch it if you live in North America. And if you're living in the UK, I cannot confirm this one as well because the link was for a different country and I wasn't able to check the full story, but I heard that they are getting My Neighbor Totoro stage play adaptation there. So, so yeah, these obviously will be pre-recorded shows, but they're supposed to be releasing in the spring. So definitely go show your support for them if anime stage plays are things that you're interested in. Which I know one of us is. (laughs) You like watching the anime stage plays with me. They are fun. I do enjoy them. They're really good. I enjoy them a lot. Uh, And speaking of theatrical releases, we kind of got on this a little bit late, but we'll be missing out. But for those of you who do not have jobs that you have to attend on these days, uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War's uh, movie is going to be getting a theatrical release on Valentine's Day and the day following Valentine's Day. Oh shit, for reals? Tuesday yeah. and Wednesday? Those are literally the worst days to have a movie come out. What the fuck? I mean, it makes sense since it was a Valentine's Day thing, but I wish they would have had it going for more than like two days. Yeah. Yeah, so... But for those of you who don't have anything going on those days, definitely go check those out. We'll be watching the movie as soon as we get the opportunity, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's all I have. Uh, and I don't have anything, so... Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> so there we go. let's go ahead and get to this episode. We are kind of going to go ahead and skip the whole uh, what we're watching this season, because the weird thing about this season... I don't think either of us completely know what we're watching this season. Well, one of us isn't watching a goddamn thing, apparently. <laughs> other one of us is still, like, trying to figure out what they'll drop. Yeah, well, I am watching stuff. It's just I'm not keeping up on, a, like, anything pretty regularly. It's just I'll watch a show for, like, a few episodes, and then I'll wait a couple weeks, and then I'll watch it again. But it's... Nothing really consistent. The biggest problem is I've started playing video games, which I'm I never do. I don't play video games. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. I'm really bad at video games. (laughs) I mean I was just teasing. (laughs) But it's true, I'm very bad at video games. That's why I play JRPGs. One of my coworkers like JRPGs are like video games for people that are bad at video games, and I'm like, it's kind of true. Video games for people that need someone to hold their hand. Yeah, kinda. (laughs) So I've been playing more video games than normal, which has been eating into my anime watching time. So Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I understand that. So I've just been kind of binging episodes instead of watching week to week. 
And so that's why it hasn't really felt natural for us to do a what are we watching this season episode because it's it's so inconsistent and there's so many like this show's good but is it watch it for an entire season good issues so instead we're going to talk about the one show that we both have completely watched all the way through (laughs) so far so far yeah and it's one that has been sparking a lot of controversy this season. People are either like, this is the best anime airing this season, or this is the greatest disappointment airing this season. And it feels like there's no in-between, and so we really want to be like the actual middle ground of this conversation. See, and it's funny that you say that, because like, you say that there's this whole like, war against oh it's good and oh it's bad like the kind of thing but honestly i haven't even seen anyone talking about it it's because you don't lurk on the internet like i do (laughs) uh no i probably just lurk in the different section of the internet okay i lurk in places the internet that's not porn all right it's called hentai and it's art (laughs) So yeah, if you guys have been keeping up with any anime this season, you guys might already know what we're talking about as far as like this great divide among anime watchers right now. And that of course is Trigun Stampede. And so the first thing so, I wanted to kind of Go ahead. Going going into this, like like when I heard they were going to do a remake, I was excited. As someone who loved the original, I was excited for this remake. Yeah. I knew I wanted to watch this remake since I saw the trailer. Because one, I really, really loved all of the angry fanboys out there. And fangirls will be equal here. But all the people that were just like, Oh my god, I can't believe it's CGI. Oh my god, I can't believe they would stab us in the heart like this and make it CGI. CGI is literally the worst thing to ever happen to animation ever. Like... Nobody likes anything CGI, never mind the fact that, like, almost every CGI Disney movie is the highest grossing movie ever that year, you know, the years they come out, but whatever. No, CGI is awful, and CGI can never be good. And I saw the trailer, it was like, this looks fucking gorgeous. Like, it looks so gorgeous. It is so pretty, and I was so excited to watch it. So, I want to start off the beginning half of this episode just talking about what Trigun Stampede does right and what we are enjoying about it because I do think it's a shame that there's a lot of people that are just going to immediately write this off as bad based on the medium that they're animating it with. Okay, um, speaking of, I'm I'm not defending those people, mm-hmm. but I I can admit that there have been times in the show where I felt like it was a little jarring. Yeah. Like, like, like not not the entire thing. I've, I've been enjoying the animation. I like that it's 3D. But there mm-hmm. are some sections of it where it just... I don't know if it just feels off or, or what. It just... It, it doesn't look great. Yeah. And I do think the whole, like, shitty CGI thing is more of a meme than it is a truth. And that's the thing. is A lot of people on the internet get those two things confused. Like, a phrase becomes really, really popular through meme culture, and then suddenly everybody on the internet is like, this is gospel. This is the truth. So whenever you hear 
like one of the most popular phrases I've hear in the anime community being shitty CGI background characters immediately people associate that all anime CGI is equally bad and that's not true at all and a lot of the stigma also comes down to things like Attack on Titan suddenly switching to CGI where people feel like that's where the quality of the show dropped yet the latest season which is mostly CGI is one of the highest rated parts of the show ever and a lot of people were also complaining that Chainsaw Man relied too much on CGI but honestly I think that it utilize that CGI in a way that honestly the show wouldn't have been possible to create without it. Although there were definitely some jarring parts of Chainsaw Man that I really wish weren't CGI. Like particularly the scene where he's on the bed and the rotoscope of the camera was just really nauseating. And I do think that Trigun Stampede utilizes some of those problems as well. There's just moments where it feels a little nauseating because of the camera movement mixed with the CGI. But the point I'm making is that you guys need to stop taking, like, meme phrases as holy truth gospel. That not only are there exceptions, but most of the time, the things that the memes are based off of are not even close to being the standard. Also, you people need to get it through your thick skulls that... Art style is not the same as animation. Oh my Art god, is. yes, please. Oh my god. All the fucking time. Oh all my god. Time. All the fucking time. Like, it drives me absolutely mad. Somebody will be like, okay, like, uh, Ranking of Kings is a big one with the uh, anime awards recently, the voting for that coming up. And a lot of people are just like, oh, I really hated the animation in Ranking of Kings. The animation was so hard to get used to. The animation is so weird. And it's like, you guys aren't talking about the animation. You guys are talking about the fucking art style. They're like, the animation is so childish and cartoony and Western looking. No, that is called art style. <laughs> that is character design. That is, yeah, it's animation. In Ranking of Kings, it's almost entirely Sakuga. Like, it's one of the most beautiful animes to come out since fucking Mob Psycho. <laughs> Didn't it air at about the same time that Mob Psycho was airing? Not the first season, no. Mob Psycho came out years ago. Ranking of Kings came out, like, a year ago. Well, I meant, like, the, the third season or whatever. Yeah, the third season of Mob Psycho came out last year, and then Ranking of Kings came out... Th- end of last end of 2021 and mob psychos end of 2022 okay yeah so but still like we do want to clarify there is a difference between animation and art style and trigon stampede excels at both of those things in my opinion like i absolutely love the animation in this speaking of sakuga There was one scene from the very first episode where Vash shoots a single bullet and a lot of people, like, the naysayers came out and were just like, okay, I judged this anime a little too quickly. This is gorgeous. This is amazing. This is what we want to see in modern day anime. And that was pure hype and pure sakuga. And I will say that scene is just one of many scenes in Stampede that absolutely look fantastic. Even things down to, like, the character's facial expressions and some of the more, like, minute scenes are so expressive and so beautiful. And 
There's a bit where they're like kind of choppy where they need to be and a little bit more fluid when they need to be. And I feel like the animation directors here understand the difference between the two. You don't always want everything to feel like smooth as butter. Sometimes you want things to be a little bit jagged and a little bit rough. And then other times you want things to just flow like water and damn, do they have that knowledge. It's something that I even see Disney animators struggle with sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think animation-wise, this show is just masterclass in everything that it's doing. It is pure bliss, and it is one Who thing I've is... been absolutely loving. Who is... I'm trying to look it up right now. The mm-hmm. uh, animation studio that's doing this. Studio Orange. Okay. Yeah, I do think they're. I think they are a newer studio. I don't know if they are a sub studio of anything else, and I don't know if they're outsourcing to other studios as well. But I do know the main credited studio is Studio Orange. Okay. Oh, they did uh, Beast Stars. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I know. I'm just. I'm looking them up right now. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So this definitely is not their first rodeo with CGI. And that was another one where, like, you could tell that they had a lot of knowledge with what they were doing. This isn't just them being like, oh, well, computer CGI is just cheating. You could just type in a bunch of numbers into a computer and it'll just animate for you. And that's what a lot of people think CGI is. But no, it's just, it's a different medium. It's like somebody using clay versus somebody using paint on a canvas. It's, both are completely valid. They're just two completely different mediums. Yeah. And so with that, I do want to bring up art style because art style in Trigun Stampede is probably the first thing that caused a lot of controversy aside from the CGI. And that was the fact that this show is extremely bright and colorful compared to what we were used to with the original. And I think on its own merit, it looks absolutely fantastic. I love the fact that everything looks like the sun is just absolutely beating down on them 24-7. It is super, super bright and colorful. All of the characters are wearing very, very unique colors that stand out against the yellows and grays of the sandy desert. Uh, Vash in particular wearing that extremely bright red making it kind of a bit of irony that he is a gunslinger because he is a very easy target to spot. Yeah. And then our girl Meryl sporting the pure white, which would just be really difficult to look at her in the desert, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then a lot of want to wear, like, light clothes, you know, to, like, reflect the light and, you know, stay cool? Oh, absolutely. Like this so, show is so probably... like so like I would rather wear something that like Meryl Stripe is wearing than something like uh, Wolfwood. Okay, like I don't. Oh, wanna absolutely. Sue. I don't want to wear a, a tux on like a good day. I let alone trudging <laughs> through the desert. Okay. Well, episode four also points that out. They're just like, man, this man is not made for this world. He's wearing a suit and tie. The middle of the desert, like, yeah, this, yeah. Meryl would be a, this guy's a goner. Yeah, Meryl would be impossible to look at without wearing sunglasses, though. 
that is way too bright and clean for that environment. Yeah. But honestly, these characters look really good. They're definitely a lot sleeker and more modern adaptations of these characters than they were in their original Trigun series, but I just think they're so damn appealing, and I love the fact that they just look iconic as hell. This is one of the easiest spot-the-main characters in anime out there. Even easier than Yu-Gi-Oh? Not as easy as Yu-Gi-Oh, but pretty close. <laughs> I think... I like the fact that Vash looks a lot softer as well. Like, he just looks so cute and wholesome and great. And he just absolutely stands out as an appealing character design. I know Kotobukiya recently released the prototype for the Vash the Stampede... Uh, Artifacts J figure, and I think it might end up being an instant pre-order for me because it just looks so good. Also, everything from the sound design of this series and the voice acting, both in the English and Japanese, are just absolutely top of their game. Like, the series went in knowing who their audience was, and I think that they really are doing everything they can to appeal to as many people as possible. And yeah. I do think, like I said, I think it's a shame a lot of people are going to miss out on watching the show simply because they hate CGI, or they don't like the bright colors, or they are too deep in nostalgia to want to watch anything that's even close to a remake. And that's kind of where I want to slowly transition this episode into the comparisons to the old. So before we move on, I just want to know, is there anything about the new one that you want to talk about? Um. Without comparing it to the old one. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, uh, without comparing it to the old one? Not really. Yeah. And I think that's the ultimate problem I'm having with this new series, is that everything that I've just said that's praise is basically all I can really say that's praise. Like, as far as the writing and tone of the show, I just feel like it's kind of missing some of those marks. I think the story um, is... I, I guess what I can say is you you kind of mentioned character design. Mm -hmm. How, like, like Bash is, is softer and whatnot. Um, I think his, his new character design... <laughs> Stop! Podcat. I think his new character design uh, actually goes better with his, his new uh, new personality, too. Like, mm -hmm. he's not the same Vash we, we know from the old series. Yeah, he's so an absolute it, it, cinnamon it does, roll. It, it matches better. Yeah. Like, he's definitely, like, when we meet him in this series... The only word I could use to describe him is kind. Like, he is so kind, and he is so soft, and he's so gentle. Like, he does not seem like somebody that would even be able to hold a gun, let alone know anything about how to shoot it. Like, yeah. he is very, very soft and very, very sweet, and I do adore that a lot. And I love that the voice acting, even though, like, from my understanding, both of the original voice actors for Vash have made returning appearances for him this time around, or they're returning to the role. And I do feel like they adjusted to this new version of him very well. 
Like they, yeah. their range matched that character change. But yeah, like I said, I think my issue with this is that all the praise that I have given it is kind of where my praise ends. I do think that while I am enjoying these new softer tones in the series, it just feels like there's not a whole lot past that. The series is extremely quickly paced with major plot twists that normally came at the end of the series now being introduced almost immediately after the characters are introduced. Particularly which, with the opening scene. Which which is kind of crazy. I, I don't know how long uh, of a run this is going to be. I'm pretty sure it's 12 uh, episodes. Compared to the original one, which was 25. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's like half as long as the old one, they, they do kind of need to rush it a little. But I don't feel like they needed the, to rush it this way. At the way, same though. time, it does feel like it is a little bit too rushed. Yeah, I so think I don't my know biggest if they're issue... going to add more to it. I mean, obviously, it's not the same, but like it is a retelling. Yeah. So I I don't know if there's just going to be more. Yeah, I think my biggest issue is that in the original, a lot of these plot points were plot twists. These weren't things that we learned until further in the series. And in this, they're just like, there's no such thing as a plot twist. We're putting everything out in the open, episode one. Or the moment a character gets introduced, we know everything about that character. Like, so there's not really a big surprise or a big reveal with anyone. So the biggest example of this is the very first episode where the opening sequence of Stampede features the spaceship where we see Vash and Knives wholeheartedly saying goodbye to their mother figure and then both going on different paths of one person's evil and the other one's good. And so we already look, know who look, the big villain that's, is. That's just how twins are, okay? There's always the evil one, okay? <laughs> Which twin are you? The evil twin or the good twin? Are, are you exactly. the evil twin? Are you the are evil you the twin, evil or, are you twin the... or the less evil twin? Are you the evil twin or the metaphor for Jesus? Like, which one are you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, uh, spoiler warning, Vash is basically a metaphor for Jesus, if you guys haven't already pieced that together. What? Or if you guys have the original. Yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs> but yeah, so it does bother me a lot that we didn't really get that build up on who Vash actually was or the fact that he had a twin brother or who Knives was or anything like that. We just get this big dramatic childhood scene in the very opening sequence of the episode and we already know Vash is going to be the good guy and that knives is the bad guy and that's so when meryl first meets him she's just like oh i'm gonna trust this complete stranger because i said so look and, and the audience is gonna question it <laughs> you you don't run into uh complete strangers hanging upside down in the middle of the desert that are untrustworthy <laughs> Yeah, like, even Roberto is just kind of like, wow, it seems really convenient that there's a twin brother just like you who's actually framing you for all these crimes. And Vash is like, well, you know, it do be like that sometimes. And Meryl's like, sounds legit. And we never question it again. 
ever. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, compare that to the original, where the very first episode starts with this incredible cutscene, probably one of the most iconic scenes in anime of that generation, where we see Vash sitting at a bar, and this gun gang just shows up, like this like gang of bandits. They just, they just completely... stand in front of the... In, in front of it and just like everyone just unloads like yeah like the definition of overkill i have ever seen in anything just completely unloading onto this bar to the point where the bar is completely leveled by these bullets like it is cutting through stone and wood and chairs and just nothing is surviving and then when the smoke clears we see a single metal sign that just happened to land in front of Vash that protected him from the bullet hole. And all of a sudden, there's Vash still just sitting at the bar. And then he stands up, pulls the gun out of his holster in one of the most badass appearances ever, holds it to the screen, and then we cut to the title card. At this point, if you are new to the show, you are assuming Vash is the badass the coolest gunslinger ever. And then we immediately get introduced to the idea that he's referred to as the humanoid typhoon. He's worth 60 billion double dollars and he leaves destruction in his wake. Everywhere he goes, everything is leveled. And we've seen this firsthand now, which is like, damn, this man must be the biggest badass in history. And then we're introduced to Millie and Merrill who are searching for him and at first people assume like oh my god are you guys after the bounty are you guys just money hungry and they're like no we're part of an insurance company our only goal we're, is to prevent him from causing more chaos and destruction we're we're insurance agents we're set to follow this guy around and let our insurance company know what destruction he causes because they're our insurance company doesn't cover him yeah the insurance company is basically like, we are so tired of paying out the ass for this one guy. We need him on a leash and we're sending two of our best agents out there to put this man on a leash so he can fucking chill a little bit. And that is their only goal in the show. They're not there to defend him. They're not there to prove him innocent. They're not there to be his friend. They're literally there because of capitalism, because they got screwed over in this job that they used to care about. And it's either ah, yes, this just... or they quit. <laughs> just like a real dystopian nightmare. Exactly. And it is the most beautiful comedy ever. And then when we actually meet Vash, we cut back to that badass opening sequence to him pulling out the gun and pointing it at the bad guys, only to hear the clicking of an empty fucking gun. <laughs> and then him scurrying away like an idiot. Because the truth is, he's not a badass. He's not cool. He's not smart. He is a dumbass who keeps ending up in these bad situations and is just fucking lucky to survive every single time. Okay, okay though, like, in his defense, he can be a badass. He like, can be! <laughs> you, you, you do see in that, like, that first big fight that he has with the... the in the old series, where he's fighting uh, the old man and his son, Gofsa. Mm -hmm. You know, and and they have a moment where, like, Bash, you know, fires, you know, some rounds into the, the like, extending 
fisting, you know, the extend extending fistomatic. <laughs> and it like knocks it off course, you know? And, yeah. And like, you know, most people just think like, oh, okay, he shot like four bullets, you know? And, and then you realize, oh, wait, he unloaded his entire revolver in that. Yeah. Just so fast that it sounded like it was only four bullets. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the original series, is that we're not quite sure if Vash is actually this really capable person that really is worth 60 billion double dollars, or if he is just the unluckiest man on the planet, because we learn very quickly that the reason he's worth so much money is because people see his bounty, they go after him, they cause a lot of destruction, which then gets blamed on him, which then causes his bounty to go up higher, which then causes more people to go after him, which then causes more destruction, which then causes his bounty to go up again. And it's a never ending cycle, which just spins around and around and around, literally like a human typhoon. And his one contribution to any of this is that he prevents anybody from dying in these sequences. He's not causing the destruction, he's preventing human death. And so then we have to ask ourselves, how did this begin in the first place? Is he just really that unlucky? Which then leads to the ultimate plot twist that the humanoid typhoon, the man who killed so many people, was actually Knives, who then blamed the entire thing on him and started this string of chaos that now plagues Vash everywhere he goes. This is a big plot twist that gets revealed later in the series and had so much built up and beauty to it that for people to watch a new show that just puts that out in the first five minutes of the episode was really disappointing. We wanted to get to know Vash the idiot before we got to know Vash the victim. Yeah. You know? Not to mention that Meryl and Millie in the original series were armed to the fucking teeth. Right? Like, uh, fucking Millie just pulling out a Gatling gun out of her dress. Mm-hmm. Like, and, casually, and, too. Right? Like, it's nothing. That that girl was stronger than fucking Goku, okay? Like, come on. <laughs> she should have been on our uh, characters that could beat Goku list. You know, I agree. I, should, I didn't yeah. think about it. But then, yeah, like, little little Meryl, like, out there just, you know, cloaked, completely lined with Derringer guns, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, they knew what they were doing. They were badasses. Like, they were absolute girl bosses that, again, their motives were good. They're just like, yeah, no, we're just insurance people. We're just paper pushers, but... We're in this hellscape of a place. We're not going in unarmed, you know? You gotta learn how to take care of yourself in these environments. Where Meryl in the new show is just a kid. Like, she feels like she's fresh out of college and doesn't even know what a gun looks like. She's fresh out of reporter school on her first reporter assignment for the local newspaper. Yeah, she became a cute anime girl, which is fine, but this isn't Meryl. This isn't the cool badass who, like, the first reveal where she shows how many guns she has under her coat is still one of the most iconic things to ever come out of anime. 
it is referenced almost as much as the Akira motorcycle scene. It's just one of those things that everybody recognizes as like, yes, that came from anime. I recognize that scene. I mean, hell, even Token Rambu referenced it, and that's an anime about swords. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's. This new series is beautiful and it's great, but if it were lacking anything, it's not iconic. I mean, even going back to character design, Vash's original design, that big, heavy red jacket that's riddled with bullet holes. Once again, the color red representing the fact that it makes him an easy target in this town, but or in this world, but you can see that by the fact that it is riddled with holes and he's not, he's clearly managed to escape a lot of problems. And he's clearly not afraid to continue wearing it. It looks dirty, it looks old, it looks worn, it looks so cool and badass and heavy. Where his new outfit looks like it's modern day Tokyo streetwear. It's cool, it's great looking, but it's not steampunk it's not iconic yeah yeah so so speaking of that like it, it definitely did change styles like the the old series was definitely you know desert punk where it's like it it happens in a desert everyone's vying for a particular resource which is usually water but in this case it's the plants you know mm-hmm. And, and instead, they, with the new series, it's it's more cyberpunk, you know? Yeah. You, you see Vash, he's even got, like, very clearly a, a fake arm that, like, glows and moves and shit and whatnot. It's not like a prosthetic. It's, it's like a... It's like an actual working arm, you know? Everyone, you know, even, even the... One of the... What is it? Like, the second, third fight... The guy with the bombs. Even the yeah. bombs look like 100% cyberpunk-ish. Yeah. Even Wolfwood, like, is another big one. In the original, his gun felt like a machine gun. It rattled. It felt heavy. It was... You felt like every time he shot it, he was going to dislocate his shoulder. <laughs> it yeah. carried a lot of weight, and it was bulky, and it was noisy, and it was gritty, and it was cool. And the new one is cool, too, but it's it's a laser. <laughs> like... It's, yeah, it's just... it's It doesn't hit the same. Yeah, it's cool. It's awesome when Wolfwood fucking cut that worm open with a single attack. That was badass as hell, and it was amazing, and it was gorgeous, but... I miss the ratatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatat
there oh, is yeah. a definite appeal to that aesthetic, and it's something that just isn't easy to mimic. I am glad that Studio Orange decided to steer as far away from it as possible, because I really do think it would have been impossible for them to just recreate that feeling. But at the same time, sometimes people just want to go back and watch anime like that, because it feels so good to watch. It's like listening to old vinyls, you know? Yeah, there's a reason that, like, new records are still made on vinyl. Yeah. Well, people it, like the sound. Yeah. And it's like, there's just certain things that get lost in digital media, and part of me does kind of wish they would have done what Megalobox did and tried to recreate that feeling, but I actually think that would have garnered a worse response than Stampede is getting. I think the fact that Stampede is different enough to distinguish itself works in its favor. But I think as far as introducing a new generation to Trigun, I just feel like this isn't Trigun. I feel like it's one of those shows that you really should go check out both of them and decide for yourself which one you like more. And for some people, it's going to be the old school gritty version that's nonstop hilarious until it hurts. And for some people, it's going to be this new, clean space opera that just hits you right from the get-go. And I don't think either of them are bad. If I had to choose a preference, though, I think I prefer the original, and it's not because I'm nostalgia blind. I went into Stampede wanting to prove that people were wrong for hating it. And ultimately, the most it's done for me has made me really, really long for the original, to the point where I kind of have it on my watch list, as I just want to go back and rewatch it. Right? And... Gesundheit, <coughs> to myself. I will say, I think Stampede is improving, though. I think that I may have jumped the gun in judging it a little too early with the three-episode rule. And I'm glad that I continued watching it for episodes four and five because the ending of episode five was so creepy and eerie and beautiful. I really do think it's so far the best episode in the show. And it does give me a lot of hope that this anime is going to make me love it for something that the original Trigun missed out on. Like you yeah. said, you're not sure if we're going to see anything new from this series or they're going to add anything that we didn't see from the original or even from the manga. And I'm hoping that this is a sign we're going to see something like that. Because episode 5 was fantastic. It was. Um, I, I can agree with you. I, I do think I prefer the original. <laughs> but I am thoroughly enjoying Stampede. Stampede is just... It is fantastic. The animations are cool. The, the action sequences are nice everything's just mm -hmm. it's really good looking and it's fun it just it's not the same kind of fun you know like it's it doesn't I, feel like trigun yeah i miss admittedly you know uh like millie and merrill not sure if this guy is fast the stampede for like eight episodes you know yeah. like, is, is, is he really or is he just a bumbling idiot you know and they keep mistaking other people for him and like oh yeah i forgot problem. about that <laughs> yeah like you know so it's just it's 
it's that kind of stupid fun that that I miss, you know? Yeah, I miss the things like them bribing him with donuts. And even like one thing a lot of people have pointed out, we are missing one really iconic character from this anime that just cannot be replaced by anybody, and that is Kuroneko. Where the fuck is Kuroneko? Where the fuck is Kuroneko? So for those of you who don't understand, Kuroneko was one of the OG anime memes. She was a black cat that appeared in every single episode, and your job, your obligation to being a Trigun fan was being able to find Kuroneko in every single episode. Some of them were very obvious, and some of them were a bit more discreet. And fun fact, I have a Kuroneko in my bedroom. And if anybody knows where the Kuroneko is, you win. Except don't look in my bedroom if you don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna go digging through your bedroom. They did release a new plushie for Kuroneko. It is up on AmiAmi, and I may have to pre-order her to go with my OG Kuroneko. And just compare them, like old plushie versus new plushie. But it yeah. was one of the first pieces of anime merch I ever bought from an anime convention. And I still have her because, damn, was Kuroneko one of the best OG anime memes ever. Again, right. iconic. Everything about Trigun was iconic. Everything. So one thing I will say that both anime did absolutely right, and I think if you want to understand the different feels for both animes, watch the OPs because the OP for this new one is so damn good. I think it's already a good contender for best OP of the year. It's one that even people that are like, I always skip OPs are not skipping this one. It just hits so hard and it's so pretty and it's so great and I love everything about it. But I also love that OG OP from the original series that just, yeah, it just hits hard. Like, Trigun always knows how to just get in, under your skin and into your head. So yeah, if... I also want to point out, uh, stop saying that people who like the original one are just nostalgia blind. I have heard this phrase go around from everybody that's defending Stampy. But you guys are just nostalgia blind. You guys just hate remakes. Why can't you guys just watch a remake and be okay with it? But the thing is, like, most anime fans have been pretty okay with remakes. Like, remakes typically do really well. Helsing Ultimate is highly praised over the original Helsing. Helsing. Fucking, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is the highest ranking anime on my anime list, and Brotherhood fans continuously knock down anybody who threatens that. They knock down Bleach, they knock down Attack on Titan, they refuse to take a number two spot ever. And that is a remake. There, that is not the original one. There's, there's another one. Cry Baby was I mean, I anime guess of the year. Technically, it's not a remake, but, you know, it is a return, and, you know, the, the yeah. fans of bleach have come back to it full force yeah and people could argue like well helsing and helsing ultimate and full metal alchemist and full metal alchemist brotherhood weren't that far apart in years and people just immediately wanted it to be a you know fixed to the original anime but then there's devil man crybaby which was a remake of a classic anime devil man there was dororo which was a remake of a classic anime that kind of started the anime genre there's okay. lots uh, of remakes that are critically praised. This this is the end all be all of the of the uh 
remakes are bad argument. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Okay? <laughs> yeah. You... Fuck off. You yeah. know, there's a reason that this anime is just so well known. Yeah. Like, genuinely, anime fans don't have problems with remakes, and I have very rarely ever seen anybody have nostalgia blind goggles on while watching a remake. This is probably the one of the first examples I can ever think of where people were nostalgia blind. I saw people argue that the Cowboy Bebop live action was just filled with nostalgia blind fans, but the thing is, the live action did have critical problems that a lot of people who were fans of the original source material weren't too fond of. And I think that those complaints were absolutely valid. Do I think that it meant that the series should be entirely cancelled? No, but I do think that people had good arguments, just like we made good arguments for our love of the original Trigun versus Stampede. So please stop saying that people who are defending the original series or prefer the original series are just idiots who don't like new things, because they're not. They're the same fans as you who have enjoyed a lot of things that got remakes. Yeah, they just uh, like gritty, dirty anime. <laughs> Uh, that that being said, I think we've already said it, but I'm enjoying Stampede. Mm-hmm. You're enjoying Stampede. It just it just hits different. It absolutely hits different, and I honestly think if it didn't have the Trigun brand attached to it, it would have been the best anime this season, easily. Yeah, I think. The only thing holding it back is that it's always going to be compared to the original Trigun. And it's a bit of a shame, because I really do think it deserves to stand out on its own merit. And we're a little bit guilty of that ourselves. But please go check it out. Please go watch it. If you're watching it and you're enjoying it and you're like, this is my first exposure to Trigun... I do implore you to do a little bit of education, like just a little field trip for yourself... Go watch the original one, and I'm not saying you have to like it more, you have to agree with our opinions, but there is merit in watching old anime, and if anything, I do hope that Stampede opens the door for people to re-watch old anime. And I also hope that the success of Stampede opens new doors for other anime to get remakes, because damn do I want more old anime to get the Devilman Crybaby treatment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I told you this, but if Android Kikaider were animated by Studio Orange and got the exact same treatment that Stampede is getting right now, I would be absolutely overjoyed. I think Android Kikaider needs a makeover like this more than any other classic anime out there. And I would love to see something like that, because I think that a lot of these old classic animes have stories that need to be told and need to be heard. And newer fans just aren't willing to go back and watch those stories. So let's give them a new form that they can watch and enjoy. Well, uh, you know, these newer fans have grown up on TikTok. So anything that lasts <laughs> longer than a minute, you know, exceeds their extension attention span. So 24 episodes is too much. Okay, Boomer. That's right. <laughs> I, okay. you know, I'm kidding. Okay, Come on. we a boomer. We a boomer. That's right. <laughs> you shut your face hole. <laughs> I say as I was just praising Android Keykiter, but <laughs> right. <laughs> please, 
please give me an Android Kikaider remake, please, please. I rewatched all of it on YouTube not that long ago, and I still love it, but it's aged like a fine glass of milk, and it really needs a remake. <laughs> it's now cottage mm. cheese, and not Chunky. fresh cottage cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's still a really beautiful anime, but I'm not gonna make people sit through it because it just has not aged well at all. Please give it a remake, Studio Orange. I am so impressed with your work. Yeah. So yeah, go watch Stampede. Go support it. Go watch the original Trigun. Tell us which one you like more. If you guys just see us at a Connor in the street, just be like, the original Trigun sucks. Stampede is the best thing I've ever watched ever. But don't uh, make fun of my cinnamon roll If you do say that, we, we are very liable to kick you right in the balls. So... <laughs> We, for uh, legal reasons, we will not kick you in the balls. For legal reasons, that <laughs> statement does not <laughs> represent us. <laughs> or our producer, Cracked Brain LLC. Thank you for understanding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we we probably will be like, who are you and how do you know us? Are people actually listening to our podcast? Right. You're one of our seven <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Thank you for supporting our podcast. We love you all. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, also, people who are fans of the old one and are not enjoying Stampede, uh, just let people like things. We I already ragged on the people that are making fun of the Wii Boomers. Uh, stop, stop ragging on newer fans that are just trying to like a thing because it is a good thing. Let people like it. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is this whole argument of which one is better is kind of stupid. They're both good. Just choose which one you like more. Or maybe you like them both. They're different enough you can like them both. So, it's okay to have a preference. It's not okay to be an asshole about it. Yeah. What's the phrase? Uh, having a preference is like having a penis. It's okay to have it, and it's okay to be proud of it. It's not okay to shove it down other people's throats. Don't tell me what to do with my penis. <laughs> oh, sorry, my opinion. That's what I meant. Don't tell me what to do with my opinion. <laughs> with that said, again, thank you guys for all your support. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying this anime season, and thank you for listening. Yeah, guys, thanks. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye! Bye!